Are you ready to dive into a world of captivating stories, laughter, and enlightenment? Look no further than Unfiltered Studios, your gateway to an incredible podcasting experience. Join St. Joe on Nailed It as he explores life's victories, one nail at a time. Petals of Support brings you heartwarming tales that remind us, even in the darkest moments, there's beauty and hope. Get ready to be entertained by the wit and humor of The Sleevy G Show, where interviews are always fascinating. Need a good laugh? Tune in to Refiltered, our comedy podcast that's sure to tickle your funny bone. Discover inner peace and guidance on Finding Your Way, a spiritual podcast that nurtures your soul. Relax your mind and body with hypno-wellness, your path to a healthier, more balanced life. Love movies? Movie Lovers Unite is your passport to a world of cinematic wonders. Immerse yourself in the magic of storytelling, laughter, and enlightenment as you're taken on a journey through the fascinating realm of movies and television. And don't forget the Stupid History Minute, where we uncover the quirkiest stories of everyday items. Unfiltered Studios is your destination for diverse, engaging content. Subscribe now and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every story finds its voice. Visit unfpod.com today. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. So today, I am going to be reviewing 112263. This is based off of a Stephen King novel. This is about someone trying to stop the JFK assassinations and what would happen if we did stop the JFK assassination. So, without further ado, let's go ahead. Let's get on with the show. I'm excited to be able to do this, and without further ado, let's do it. And hello, movie lovers. And like I said, we're going to be reviewing 112263. This TV series is off, off of Hulu. And let me just say this. I've really enjoyed watching this TV series, this, this limited series that Hulu has. And I had a lot of fun watching this. And before we get started with that, I just want to tell you this. We are part of Unfiltered Studios. Unfiltered Studios has a bunch of other podcasters along with us. We have the Sleepy G Show. We also have a, hyp- a Hypnosis we also have um, a lot of other great podcasts on this studio. And so with further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's go on ahead and dive deep into the uh, the rabbit hole, if you will, of, uh, of 11-22-63. So, like I said, I was very intrigued with this, at the fact that, you know, there's a time travel um, thing involved with JFK trying to stop the assassination. And you also, of course, you wind up having some great actors in this, though, too. And, you know, I really have to say I was really dialed into the acting abilities and stuff like that. When you looked at uh, 112263 uh, actor to be doing a lot more serious roles. And that is James Franco. James Franco does a fantastic job in this series. And let me just tell you, basically what winds up happening with, with his characters is Jake Epping is actually a burnt out and, law, and lost. His ex-wife has moved on. His students are always distracted and his novel is going nowhere. The one of, uh, of his dearest friends, 
Al Tiplin, shows him the rabbit hole, a secret time portal that leads back to the 1960s. Al asks Jake to head back to the past and create a better world by stopping Kennedy's assassination. Jake heads down the rabbit hole to begin his mission, but finds that changing the past is far more dangerous than he would ever know, dreamed of. And let me just say this, okay? So when you see, see him for the very first time, yeah, his wife winds up leaving him. He's, his book is not going anywhere. He's a, supposed to be an author, and nothing is going his way. He always goes to this one diner, though, Al's. And I like how Al's diner is basically a 1960s kind of vibe to it. And Al comes out, he winds up uh, get, giving Jake his hamburger like he always does. And then next thing you know, it, J- Al comes back. But this time, it seemed like Al just all of a sudden ended up aging 100 times faster. Not only that, but he winds up looking like he has cancer now. He's coughing up blood. And Jake is like, well, what the hell is going on? What's going on over here? He's like, look, I got to show you something. I'm in the back. So he goes in the back. Then Al winds up taking him through uh, through the rabbit hole. He says, look, go in this closet and you'll see what I'm talking about. He goes, okay, why am I going through this closet? Why am I even doing this? He goes, trust me, you're going to know once you get there. And this actually has like a little bit of Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe kind of feel to it if you think about it. Because this closet is, a, is actually a time capsule to go into the 1960s to stop the uh, JFK assassination but and Lee Harvey Oswald and trying to stop him. And I really like how they actually developed the rules within the first episode. So he goes back, he goes into the 1960s. He's seen the 1960s music. He sees everything around him being differently than what it was in 2016. So he winds up basically going back. He goes, okay, what the hell did I just see? He goes, you just saw the 1960s. And if you go back, it actually resets itself. So therefore, if you make a mistake, you can just come back out and reset again, and you basically start the mission all over again. So I like that whole entire concept where basically you can make a mistake and then you can go on ahead and go back in 2016. But it also winds up being like this. I like how you see Jake. He winds up asking Al, so what are the consequences with doing this, right? And and how far are the lengths that you were willing to go to prevent the assassination of JFK? And was it worth it? Is it going to be worth it in the end? What's going to change? Is this going to change anything? Is JFK going to make anything better? I like that whole entire deal. It's like, well, was it worth it? And I like how... After that winds up happening, Jake is basically battling with this whole entire deal where it's like, should I do this? Should I not do this? And finally, it takes um, Al's passing for him to go through time to do what Al couldn't do. And as he's going through time, as he's going through back out over here again, he Al winds up, you see flashbacks of him and Al, and Al's breaking things down to him. Look, um, back in those days, men didn't have beards or goatees or anything like that, so you're going to have to shave all that off. Then you're going to have to um, wear different clothes. Men wore suits back then, so therefore you have to get yourself a suit. Then he winds up getting himself a suit. He gets himself a new car. And then the way he gets the car is very fascinating. It kind of reminds me of Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Basically, Al gives him all the bets that he can actually bet on. And he places these bets at this, like, hole-in-the-wall kind of places. He winds up getting enough money to get a car to travel and try and stop the assassination of JFK. 
and girl wall and after that sets gets us up that's it it's just steadily just keeps on going and you're wondering if jake is even going to be able to do this because of the fact that it's something that al couldn't even do himself so that was something that was just mind-blowing that al believes in jake while jake also doesn't believe in himself but i think he just needed that little extra push of someone believing in him and that's something that i really have to say that i enjoyed about the chemistry between al and jake so after that winds up happening after he winds up getting the car you end up becoming more invested in jake's character trying to travel all the way to dallas and get this Okay, so the two years that you're over there in the in 1960s is actually only two minutes in the present. So I like that little setup. So he's going through this. He's actually mind boggling at the prices of everything and of the 1960s. He's eating he's eating all this up because it's something new, especially whenever someone's like, well, you know, we're just going to give you our flat rate. $15. He goes, okay, what's the big deal? It's $15. Okay. But I like how he plays off of that. And then once once he gets used to it, it just becomes customary to how he fits in with the 1960s kind of flow to it. And then also, too, you're actually being thrown to the immortality of his goal. Jake decides also uh, the one thing he can do to make a real difference is to save the family of his friend, Harry, who is actually one of his students in his classroom. Harry winds up getting an A-plus from Jake. And this is the one thing that I feel like in episode one, you actually see the charismatic part of Jake, where he cares about his students, but his students are so distracted by the fact that of YouTube and other things around them and doesn't even care about the class, all except Harry. And so I like the chemistry between him and Harry. Harry has this great monologue at the very beginning of his story, and Jake is just clapping his hands. And so... You know, he decides to actually do that one um, run wrong thing right that happened in Harry's life. But also, too, you also don't know the altercations that you're actually playing with whenever you go into the past and then you go into the present. And, you know, you're changing this person's life. Yeah, you're doing something good. But at the same time, though, you're also wondering, too, you know, am I even going to know Harry in 2016 if this happens? What are the uh, amplifications if this happens? So I like that cause and effect and that ripple because we don't even know if this is even going to work for Harry or anything like that, too. We don't even know if Jake and him are gonna even going to know each other by the time Jake comes, if he comes back to 2016. But that's what you're invested in on that part. And then, you know, Harry's family was murdered in, small Kentucky ta- in a small Kentucky town, but Harry's out of control father frank however does however uh jake does uh kill the man and what the consequences of violence even against someone as dangerous as frank so that's something else that happens he winds up killing harry um harry's father and i like how he goes into the bar and he winds up seeing bill for the very first time and i'm thinking that okay this is going to be the end of bill but no, Bill winds up following up, following him on on the road and everything, uh, because of the fact he because he actually witnessed him car- uh, killing Harry's father. Because this is a small town, Harry's father is a psychopath. He winded up taking Jake uh, into a into this place where they slaughter cows and wanting him to beat the hell out of the cow over the over his head over the head of a cow. And Jake is like, "Wait, this goes against my well being. I do not want to harm this." animal i just or anything like that and so after that happens uh, a couple of days later he winds up finding out uh jake winds up finding out that he is abusive towards harry's mother 
So he winds up trying to get her out of that horrible situation on Halloween night because that's actually the night that the father's supposed to do harm to her. And so after that winds up happening, um, Harry winds, uh, Harry's father winds up finding out and he gets pissed off at Jake and thinking that the, that his wife's actually trying to have an affair with Jake whenever it's actually the opposite. He's just trying to get him away from Harry's father. So you have that going on. And then after he kills him, Bill's like, look, who are you? What's going on? Uh, he also has Jake at gunpoint at this point as well. And Jake is like, look, I'm from the future. I'm here to stop the JFK assassination. And and at first, Bill does not believe him. And he goes, and then he looks at him and he goes, wait, you're being real here. Yeah, I'm from the future. I'm here to stop an assassination from happening. So next thing you know, it him and Bill team up to try and take down uh, the uh, the person who kill winds up killing JFK and Lee Lee Harvey Oswald. And get this, we don't even know for a fact that Lee Harvey Oswald even killed JFK or anything like that, but this is an official story, and, and we are on long for this ride, but we don't know as an audience if if he even did this, or if there was like two people that shot him, or several people that was in on it all with the CIA. So you actually have this whole entire deal where Jake is following around the CIA, the FBI, trying to find ways to basically uh, figure out what he's figuring out how Lee Harvey Oswald fits into this and things like that. He also meets up with this other girl named Sadie in Dallas. And you think that's going to be the end of that. And then he, she winds up coming in uh, into his life again, two years later. And they went be there. Uh, and basically Jake is actually a teacher. He winds up having two different places. He winds up staying in the play, uh, play uh, in that little small town, be a teacher and then on the weekends or something he winds up going over to this little apartment house where he where lee harvey oswald is actually upstairs he lives downstairs jake lives downstairs and so does bill bill's pretending to be jake's brother and so you're hearing all this commotion going on upstairs the he uh lee harvey oswald is actually abusive towards uh his girlfriend or wife you also have uh the altercation with the mother up there you have a and then the cia operative is up there too and there's a lot of cat and mouse games within this thing, this whole entire mystery element of, is he really a killer? Is he just an abusive piece of crap? What's going on? You also have Bill going on and listening in over on the conversation of Lee Harvey Oswald and things like that. And next thing you know, it, like Jake's like, well, we got to learn Russian because we don't know Russian. And so they wind up getting like a Russian English dictionary and... He winds up, and then, you know, you wind up having that happening. So I definitely like where they went with this. I think that this was a perfect uh, a perfect way of actually doing this kind of series. You need a limited series for something like this, I think. Um, I haven't read the book for, for this at all. But from what I've from what I've seen with, with this Hulu series, it made me fall in love with it. Not only that, but I'm also a huge history buff. And, you know, I think that this is actually a great TV series to watch and binge. It's only eight episodes, so therefore you can actually uh, get through everything. So, uh, so let me go on ahead and talk about this other thing that happens here, okay? So, in this other episode, Jake finds an unlikely ally in the quest and a local drifter, Bill... Uh, Tricot. He gets a teaching job in a small town, like I mentioned, in near Dallas, and discovers a romantic sparks with school librarian Sadie Dunhill. Jake constructs a double life, spying at night on Lee Harvey Oswald as a potential assassin within Jake's uh, builds. Tra uh, trailing Oswald, Jake uh, takes Jake into the dark side of Dallas, where he realizes Oswald may not be the only threat the Kennedy will have to face. 
And also, too, I just want to mention this. Bill is probably the most annoying character in this whole entire series. And I, all the stuff he was doing was just idiotic and stupid and putting Jake's life in danger. Not only that, but you wind up seeing Jake going from this nice, pleasant kind of guy, in a sense. Then all of a sudden, he's getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this whole entire stopping the JFK assassination to where he's slowly starting to go a little bit darker uh, with this, though, too, because of his mood, swing, his mood changes and stuff like that. But I, here's the thing. Whenever he winds up, when Jake winds up getting that job at the school, I like the chemistry between the principal and um in him. I think that the principal, to me, was my favorite person on there besides Sadie. Sadie and um, Jake are fantastic together. Um, but I really like this whole entire deal where the uh, where the principal's like, so what do you think of The Catcher in the Rye? Well, I think it's a great book. I think it needs to be taught. Because, well, too, too bad you're not going to learn that here. I, and, but he likes Jake. He likes where he stands on book banning and stuff like that, too, and believes in the education of kids, despite the fact that's um, what some parents might think of Catcher in the Rye. But I like that back and forth between them. Uh, it seems like a lot of women are getting abused in this because also Sadie also suffers from a husband that also abuses her. And then Jake winds up trying to figure out a way to be with her because they are actually separated because you do get to see the ex-husband in one of the episodes. But I definitely like the back, uh, where basically you want this relationship to work and build, but you also know at the same time that this is not going to work out because of the fact that He's only there to stop the assassination, and that's it. And part of me is thinking, is he just going to stay in the 1960s, and they are going to have a relationship and things like that? And I really like how they build on that. And then I was also thinking to myself, too, was like, well, if she, if anything happens to her, he can just go ahead, reset, and come back and do everything all over again. And at first, I thought this might be like a little bit of Edge of Tomorrow kind of feel to it, if you think about it. Because I was thinking, okay, well, if you just go on ahead and screw up, you can just go on ahead, come back, reset, and then redo everything all over again. And I'm just glad that they didn't do that to where uh, they just made it to where, okay, he came out of the rabbit hole one time, and then he goes back in um, another time to really focus in and dial in on JFK's uh, murder. And also like how they also mentioned this, Al also mentions this to him. The past has a way of messing with you and do not interfere with the past, uh, with the past because it will come back and bite you in the ass. He tries to talk to his father. Jake tries to talk to his father in the 1960s and you see these blinking lights in the telephone booth and you realize something spooky is going to happen, right? So, you know, he's not getting a good reception on the phone or anything. He steps out of the telephone booth. They say, you know, and a car winds up crashing right through it where Jake once was. And he realizes, okay, I cannot play God here. I cannot try and have um, talk to my father because I'm not allowed to. So I definitely like the rules that they build in this. And then you actually see uh, Lee Harvey Oswald a little bit more in this as well. And he's just a douchebag altogether. And I, I really have to say, I admire the uh, the actor that plays Lee Harvey Oswald, you know? But, you know, another thing I want to mention is this, okay? So Jake and Bill's partnership starts to have a struggle as they discover more secrets surrounding the unpredictable Lee Harvey Oswald. The conspiracy involving Oswald de deepens. 
Sands, while romance blooms for Jake and Sadie. However, by becoming involved with an innocent bystander, has Jake placed his new love in danger? So because of the things that he's doing, he could also be putting Sadie in danger, everybody in danger, including Bill, because this is supposed to be a one-man mission. This is supposed to be Jake's mission. And Jake is over there falling in love with Sadie. He's over there, um, has Bill helping him out. And the like like Al says, you're not supposed to be messing with the past. The past will come back and bite you in the ass. But you know, you're but Jake always winds up trying to do something right and noble, and it always winds up, you know, putting him in the ass on some of the stuff that happens to him. And you know, there's even the past that comes back in the 1960s that bites him in the ass, though, too. There's a lot of great things that happens in this TV series that, that I have to say I've really enjoyed. Um, then you also have some other things that happens when everything begins to fall apart for Jake. He struggles to live two lives, teacher and time traveler. When Sadie's life is threatened, Jake has to make a terrible choice, leaving Bill to, to his own devices. And leave Harvey Oswald takes uh, steps that will lead him into a date with destiny. So there's that being played out too, because Jake wants to basically be a teacher. He winds up leaving Sadie at a dance uh, at a high school function so he can go and spy on Lee Harvey. Uh, Lee Harvey, okay, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and this also winds up showing something that Bill has been doing. He's actually. Uh, falling for Lee Harvey Oswald's uh, wife or girlfriend and interfering with that when he's not supposed to be. He's just supposed to be spying on them. And he winds up wanting a little bit more than just spying. Bill is just a dumbass. I'm just going to say this. Bill is just a dumbass. It's just in it for himself. And he doesn't care either. He used he was caring about the mission. Then all of a sudden he winds up caring about Lee Harvey Oswald's um girlfriend and because the harvey oswald winded up putting hands on her so therefore now he wants to try and save her from that just like how jake was trying to save sadie from that yes it's kind of like the same thing but at the same time though you're dealing with an assassin you're dealing with someone that's crazy that assassinated a jfk and here you are trying to hit on his girlfriend that's like hitting on Tony Soprano's wife, for crying out loud. You're just asking for problems, and you're trying to do that. And you're on the edge of your seat the whole entire time while this is going on. You're thinking, oh, shit, is Lee going to go in here and walk in on them at some point or another as well? Because you're you're being very fearful for Bill at this point in time as well. So you have that going on. You have a lot of things within this whole entire series. And, you know, I just think that this was a great way to actually do some time travel here. Um, so then you also wind up having this other thing that winds up having play out, whereas actually um, Lee Harvey Oswald's birthday. And this is where things start getting a little bit messy because Bill is still wanting to be with uh, his girl, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend. That's a big, like I said, that's a big no-no. Uh, October 1962, and the gathering storm of threats in Dallas continues to build. Jake must take drastic action to establish the full dimension of the threat to Kennedy and admits it all. He is in a hit with an unexpected death and a bitter betrayal, but for those ones of those closest to him. And so every single decision he, Jake's making is going to jeopardize somebody else. There's a, call, a ripple in effect kind of thing. Also has like a little bit of a butterfly effect. You know, I think that you guys will actually enjoy this series. I know I did. I know my wife did. 
because we binged all eight episodes with like last week and then we finished it off uh monday matter of fact and i'm gonna be honest with you if you're into stuff like this time travel history jfk's assassination or anything like that this is a tv series for you it's streaming on hulu it's only eight episodes it's easy to get through easy to digest I'm and I jumped around a lot. I didn't go scene by scene like I normally do for movies or anything like that. This is completely different, and I wanted it to be different. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this review as much as I enjoyed watching it. Also, too, we also have an audio-only podcast as well for this. So go on ahead, go to wherever you guys get your podcast from, rate us over there, tell us what you think of Movie Lovers Unite. We'll be back again next week sometime, and always until next time, guys. Bye.